kitten. Welcome back to Basic <laughs> Snitches, you basic snitches. <laughs> they caught you saying hey kitten. Okay, start over. <laughs> no! No! This train is barreling forward. <laughs> hey kittens. <laughs> kittens. I was talking to Adam's cat, but also all of you. Hi kittens. <laughs> That's you know, my pet name for all three of our listeners. You know how, like, some pop icons have names for their fans? <laughs> fans of basic snitches are now called the kittens. <laughs> Why not? Because it doesn't make sense other than what you just said. We don't make sense. Oh, by the way, my name is Tara. My name is Adam. <laughs> and this is Basic Snitches. And I don't know why you listen to us, but we are fun. That's another great tagline. Our, tag, uh, our tagline changes from episode to episode. Guys, I know I said that we would choose one. We probably won't. No, we can, won't. I'm going to definitively say we're not, and it's just going to change. Can we give everyone a little update on what we've been up to since the last time? Yeah. We, um, well, since we recorded episode eight, because yes. we literally just recorded episode nine like four seconds ago. Adam, we went to New York. Adam and I went to New York, and we saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And it was incredible. It was incredible. No if you spoilers. ever see it. I know some people somehow see like part one one day and part two another day. I personally think it was it's a magical day it at the at theater. The yeah. Then just everything about it, like the moment you walk into the theater. Highly recommended. One day we'll talk about it on here. And the rest of the trip, we ate a lot of really good food. We went to some cabaret clubs, and Adam saw Puffs, oh, which is super fun. It was wonderful as well. I and we're also going to be talking about that. In the I'm sure we will. Um, and I got to see some really talented friends of mine um, do really cool things. Like my friend Mark got to sing for Cheetah Rivera, and I was there. So I was I was with Cheetah Rivera also, but. Anyway, um, and then Adam sadly left me um, early. He, not, he didn't leave me. That was the plan. He had to go back to work. And I did this little thing um, about a week and a half ago where I, I sang at Carnegie Hall. And it was so cool. And I went back to work. And Adam went back to work. And tried to find a day when it was a rainy in Cleveland so I could mow my fucking lawn. And that's, that's what our lives have been. Yeah, which life would you like better comment below or however that works for podcasts right i mean again just honestly Carnegie hall god the the trip was amazing the whole uh, thing as a whole of course tara had more of a reason to be there and it was an amazing reason i mean who gets that opportunity but <laughs> but yeah it was it was fantastic also i would just like to point out right now both of us are cleaning our glasses <laughs> we're we're getting ready <laughs> we are ready to face this chapter and give you guys the podcast that you are expecting today. Let us clean our glasses first. So that's our life update. Yeah. Now, like, when was that? It felt. It feels like it was like five years ago, and also like a week ago. It like time is weird after. You picked me up from the bus station last Thursday. Last Thursday, so literally so a week yeah. ago. A week tomorrow. ago, since Tara came back, and almost <clears throat> almost two weeks since I came back. And in a couple days, I'm leaving for Pittsburgh um, with some of our other friends, and literally all we're, all we're going to do is drink beer. And in a couple of days, I'm going to go to work like I do every day. So it's great. It's my turn to, I mean, it's not as cool as seeing you at Carnegie Hall, but I'm going to drink a lot of beer, so yeah. Eh, I like beer. Um, um, you do like frozen butter beer, though, which we did have at Curse of Child. We did have uh, frozen butter beer. That yes. is also highly recommended um, in can, life. I just need to also mention, like, the staff at the Lyric Theater. Like, everyone was, I mean, I'm just, it, I've tried saying incredible, remarkable, and amazing, because but I can't he, say one of those words. Because none of them were good enough to explain oh, what our experience was. It's wonderful. Was. Just, like. Everything was five star. Go see yes, it if yes, you can. Yes. It's expensive, I know. Go experience it if you can. Yes. If you cannot, I... I Sucks to suck. <laughs> my heart hurts for you. Adam's ruder than me. <laughs> oh, uh, there you go. Guess which houses we're in. <laughs> All right. We're going to be... Going over chapter 10. The Halloween. It's not, no, not the Halloween. Not the Halloween. 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 We're just drinking tea this time, and there's not alcohol in it, I promise. It's. 
I get loopy after doing this, doing one episode. So typically the even episodes are a little bit better for me. Anyways, um, speaking of it being an even episode, I wrote this episode's outline and it's time for Tara to read it. So I have it up on my computer. Oh, hooray. Turn that around for you. Oh, good. Take it away, bitch. Here we go. Okay. Chapter 10, Halloween. Ooh, okay. <laughs> wow, great start. Ooh, okay. Well, that's what you were going for. Okay. Chapter 10, Halloween. Ooh, ooh, spooky kooky. Megalamookie. Ding dang dookie. Ooh, nice. If you know what that's from, bonus points, listeners. Congrats on your bonus points if you get them. The next day, after everyone meets Fluffy, no, not Dudley this time, they're at breakfast plotting revenge against Malfoy when some fucking owls knock over Harry's beloved bacon. But that's okay, since they're bringing him a broom that McGuck gave him tits. I'm sorry. I wish you could see her, like, her, her acting of this chapter. It was fucking phenomenal oh that's the end of the chapter no <laughs> it's not i'm sorry i had it i have i have more tony award-winning acting to bring you it was amazing <laughs> I, I that that is a terrible i can't promise. help it i have to i <sighs> have to okay <laughs> malfoy feels up harry's broomstick without asking permission gross but karma's a bitch because harry's allowed to have it flitwick says so suck it malfoy Speaking of feeling broomsticks, it's time for Harry to go play with wood. Or learn the basics of Quidditch, that is. We quickly learn that Quidditch is obviously the best sport ever. Wood shows Harry his balls, one of which broke someone's jaw at one point. Okay, it's just a bludger, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we also meet our namesake, the basic and golden Snitch. Yas! Harry also starts to feel like Hogwarts is his home. Smiley face. Then again, if I woke up anywhere on Halloween with it smelling like baked pumpkins, I'd feel pretty at home too. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Hermione may be a brat thus far, but Ron needs to hold his temper. After all, Ron will soon learn that Feather isn't the only thing that Hermione can make rise. Dick jokes, dick jokes, dick jokes. LOLOLOL. Zack Smith! <laughs> No one's going to get that joke. Yes, they will. Yeah, they will. I have faith. Uh, Harry eats something called a jacket potato, which I learned courtesy of Google is British for baked potato. Jacket potato shall also henceforth... Wait, they couldn't hear it. I can't do this. <laughs> Could you repeat yourself? <laughs> they, they, didn't, they couldn't understand you, I'm sure. Okay, we're going to try again. <laughs> okay. Harry eats something called a jacket potato, which I learned. <laughs> Fuck you. Which I learned, courtesy of Google, is British for baked potato. <laughs> jacket potato shall henceforth be Tara's new nickname. <laughs> I did not write that. I did not write that. All the, all hail the mighty jacket potato. Ten. <laughs> Ten points to jacket. Ten points to what? <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> yes. Ten points to Slytherin. Jacket potato. Okay. Then suddenly, Quirrell screams about a troll in the dungeon, which sounds like he has to take a huge shit, and all hell breaks loose. The boys remember Hermione, who fled to the ladies' room. They must go save her. They get to the girls' toilets when they smell something horrible. No, someone didn't forget to flush. It's... It's... Dolores Jane Umbridge! <laughs> Don't worry, though. They vanquish the beast. McGuh, Snape, and Quirrell show up, and McGuh is fucking pissed. But then Hermione redeems herself by taking the fault for the whole ordeal, and that is the start of the trio as we come to know it. But that still doesn't answer... Who let the troll in the dungeon? Dun, dun, dun. Mystery. <laughs> I can't. So thanks for tuning in today. Next time we'll be, we'll be reading chapter 11. That's all we need. Oh my God. That was great. Okay. So here's the thing. You talked about 
Harry losing his beloved bacon, and I literally made a comment about that. This is my, these were my notes. Can we talk about the loss of some perfectly good and probably very delicious bacon when the owl just throws this broomstick on the table? Why is owl post during meals? Is there room for packages to be dropped on the table? We're not thinking this through. You're really making some great, like, orderly observations of how things are done here. This is very important because bacon. So, this happens with me, too, when I feed your synopses. There, you'll say something and be like, I wrote this, too! But, yeah, like, they make a very specific they. JK specifically says... That he dropped his bacon, not his, like, grits, not his fucking Egg McMuffin, not his, you know, whatever else I they was eat. like, why you, gotta, at Hogwarts. why you gotta throw the bacon on the floor? That is sacred. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> so, so Halloween. Yes. I was gonna say something about how everything in this chapter begins with Q, because it's basically Quidditch and Quirrell. <laughs> you know. We start with them being sleuthy. They're, like... Ooh, I wonder what this is. Oh, it's either dangerous or valuable. It's just very cute. <laughs> like, it just sets us up for the mysteries that... What if it really wasn't and it was just, like, Dumbledore's marbles or something like that? <laughs> you know what? That's important to Dumbledore, okay? Very valuable to Dumbledore. <laughs> I want to say something extremely dirty right now, so I'm oh. going to. It could be, it could be Dumbledore's... Dumbledore's anal beads instead, and he just calls them his marbles. I mean, I lost my marbles. I mean, oh wait, here they are. <laughs> you know, let let Dumbledore live his life. It's fine. Hey, I don't say anything. I he just has him. like very high security measures for those. So, <clears throat> so anyway. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at my first note, and it's sweet revenge on Malfoy. And I think that's, that's literally all they think about. Yeah. <laughs> well, but they get sweet revenge too because, because there's the a broomstick. That's how it. That's how yeah. it opens up. I'm like, wait a minute. Also, really I have a comment on that. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> Harry like looks up and there's like this big package. And everyone's like, oh, I wonder what that is. Very clearly, everyone knows it's a broomstick because what else? Is what else is like it? That? But Harry does not know that it's a broomstick because he's an idiot. <laughs> Does don't they doesn't he actually say something like I wonder what it could be? Yeah, it's um Harry was just as interested as everyone else to see what was in the large parcel. It's and was amazed when the owl soared down and dropped it right in front of him. It's a fucking knocking fruit basket. his bacon to the floor. <laughs> it's a fruit basket. And he was like, right, my bacon for a fucking fruit basket. Right, this is bullshit. I love that he actually has the uh, wherewithal to read the note first. That's nice of him. Good job, child. Couldn't they have done that a little bit better? Like, what if it was in reverse? Well, yeah, but then, like, the whole day he's thinking about when he gets to open it, which I think is cute. And then fucking Professor Flitwick It's just like, oh, yeah, Harry's allowed to have a broomstick. Like, yeah. he's just the best. I love Flitwick so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Harry's allowed to have it sucking Malfoy, and he punches Malfoy in the balls. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, you know, at his level. But yeah, like, it is. It's great to it see Malfoy just get, like, yes, yeah, bitch. Yeah, you're, you're not allowed to have him, but Harry is. It literally just sets off the world of Harry getting away with every fucking thing. Yes. So I understand the frustration, but also Malfoy, you're a dick. He's obsessed with Harry. He really is. He's obsessed. So. And then Harry's just like, oh, well, if Malfoy hadn't done this. I would have done like he just he's just like yeah Professor Flitwick I actually have this broomstick because of Malfoy which just has to like hurt more. Hermione says something here so this is what I wrote down I said goddamn Hermione she is kind of a bitch shows the lesson that taking a risk sometimes pays off although a calculated risk would have been better. Harry made a risk and mm-hmm. it was for justice, and yes, it wasn't calculated, he didn't really think about it, which it would have been better for him to, you know, do something that wasn't, you know, spur of the moment. But he was like, oh, you get a broom for breaking the rules. And of course, that is kind of like a theme of this chapter, is Hermione being her typical bratty self. Yes, I do think that it gets pushed like this is, I think maybe having that experience with the boys of finding Fluffy and stuff, like, made her maybe care more. You know, I know she comes off as very, like, I, I don't want you guys to get expelled or killed or whatever, but I think that having that moment of finding Fluffy, risk and danger and adventure, I think made her kind of maybe want to be friends with them, but she doesn't know how to do that. And instead, she just continues being bossy and not 
understanding how to do that. Yeah. And I think that that maybe makes it hurt more, and maybe that's why she spends the day crying in the bathroom. She she skips class. Right. Hermione skips class. She Well, she reverts back to this at <clears throat> first. Perhaps it's that she's trying to reprove herself. She's like, oh, he got rewarded for breaking a rule, but let me show you I can make that for the rise, baby. <laughs> and I can do it better than everybody else. And, you know, when she says that famous line, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa, or whatever it is, she she could have done a little bit better. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely, it's it's just her going back to who she is, but I think that now she's got that little part of her that I think probably... I really I'd like to have, have some friends. adventure. I'd like to have some friends, you know? There's some FOMO here, fear of missing out, I think, yeah. that she's experiencing. Because there are times like that where I am a big believer in JOMO, which is the joy of missing out, and, like, being able to stay at home and do your own thing and relish in not having to go out and spend money and, and mm-hmm. energy on something that may not actually be fun. But there are times when I know, you know, there might be an event or a festival or something going on and I can't be there. And it's like, oh man, I wish that I could go do that, but I have to do this instead. Yeah. And I imagine that's, that you're right. That's kind of what she's... But before any of that, really, well, you know, not before any of that, but before, you know, she's crying in the bathroom all day, Harry gets to learn about Quidditch. One more thing I want to say about Hermione, of course, <clears throat> we're going to get there, but we'll get back there too, since, yeah. since we're talking about Hermione... I just want to say that this is a great <coughs> chapter because this is really where she redeems herself. Like I said at the end of my synopsis, this is how the trio comes to be. And oh, yeah. it says, you know, this is they were they became friends from this point forward and it shows a little bit more of like why she was sorted into Gryffindor and not Ravenclaw beyond just wanting it, which we talked about in a previous episode. So I like this. I, I see this being a very Hermione-focused chapter, and it's in a great way. The first time she isn't kind of in the background, because there's even one point, maybe it was in the last chapter, but they mention Neville, and they just call him Neville. Mm-hmm. But they mention Hermione, and they say Hermione Granger, mm-hmm. the full name. Now she is rising a little bit more into, okay, she's clearly one of the main three here that we're focused right. on. So, That's anyways, like you said, <laughs> then he gets to learn Quidditch. Yes. <sighs> and this makes me feel this whole scene where he's learning and then they're practiced with the golf balls, yes. which I thought was clever. Um, this makes gives me a very collegiate feel, like going to crisp football games in the fall. It's a very okay. autumnal feel, too, to me, which is uh, well, probably I mean, the real reason why I like it. I mean, also Halloween, so... Yes, exactly. Uh, fall is my favorite season by far. The best season. Yes, it is. I'm a, I'm a fall baby. I'm not, but November. I still love fall. Summer's great, too. <laughs> That's neither here nor there, but Tara was born in summer in June. So, Summer's fine. <laughs> winter kind of sucks after you get through the holidays. But fall is amazing, and this really makes me feel that I could almost like feel the like the crisp autumn air and the way that it smells during that season and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, really like this scene. I never really did sports or anything past like middle school probably but it i don't know it just gives me kind of a strange nostalgic feeling if quidditch was a thing at my high school and college i would be playing it probably but what position would you have been that was one of my questions for later on i would be a uh, beater what position do you think i would play um the mascot you're a bitch. I would be a keeper. I was a goalie on the field hockey team for a whole goddamn two seasons. We had this discussion like months ago. He's like, you would oh be the mascot because you ain't athletic. You, you would be the jacket potato costume <laughs> parading around down down it's below. Fucking jacket potato. I don't know. I love it. I, I saw. I cannot. read that and. It, jumped out like you're like oh what will i call tara this week yes like a ray of sun like came down and upon those words and a booming voice was like jacket potato <laughs> like it flew off the page and i was like <laughs> jesus yes this is it do you think that wood knows that those are actual golf balls or is he just like think of those as like quidditch practice balls? i hope they're just like golf balls like i think that's what they are yeah but and, and like but wood doesn't know that like would be like oh <laughs> like, these these are the, 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 the these are the white balls you practice, practice snitches practice snitches I, well and Harry's like those are golf balls you <laughs> this is the one where he's like oh it's like basketball <laughs> he's like what's basketball yeah i loved that 
<laughs> the other thing that this made me think of was Whirly Ball. Because Whirly Ball is oh go-karts God. and basketball and lacrosse. And I'm absolutely fucking terrible at it. When we Because went, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> when we went for um, Marco's birthday, our friend Marco, our friend Natalie, who we recorded the last two episodes on, um, chapter seven and eight, and I realized very quickly that I was fucking horrible at it. And you're encouraged to drink during it, you know, if there's a bar. Again, this is a terrible idea. But after I realized that I wasn't bad, I was just like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to do what I'm good at. And I just followed Natalie around and tried to bump into her. So that's my version of Whirly Ball. But this also is somewhat similar because it has the goalie aspect like you would get in soccer. It also has the hoops like you get in, in... I mean, it's a, it's a it's a fair question. Mm-hmm. It is this conglomeration of all of these these sports that we are used to in Muggle America, but of course with a magic twist, which is wonderful. Right. I love it. I there's something about Quidditch that always gets me very excited and makes me feel sporty, I suppose. So after Quidditch practice, we then go into the second portion of the chapter, which is the Halloween banquet and um this is the great part in the movie of course where all the jack-o'-lanterns are um floating around and they have all their halloween treats and everything and it's very festive and then of course fucking quarrel has to come in and a troll in the dungeon (laughs) and then then he just walks right back up to the the table is just like i just have to shit (laughs) that's what that means that's what that means it's a troll in my dungeon (laughs) this fucking chapter there were so many opportunities for like disgusting jokes in this chapter I just couldn't help myself but of course help all hell breaks loose and then we get um Dumbledore calming everyone down like hey guys fucking stop and then (laughs) (laughs) what if that is what he said instead of silence Fucking stop! <laughs> now all the prefects so will calmly take you back to your rooms. But, okay, so Adam got really excited because he loves the Halloween piece. We forgot to talk about when Guardian Leviosa class. Oh my gosh, that's... Because crazy. that's where Ron is rude about Hermione, and then she doesn't show up to the next class, and that's really sad. And also Harry is, is like, partnered with Seamus, who <laughs> just fucking stabs his feather with his wand and catches it on fire <laughs> this is another place where you see like the different levels of all of these students like like ron you you know malfoy does really beat up on ron a lot for him being you know uh, the weasleys are inferior to the malfoys and everything but ron when you don't come prepared to class like this and you have lived your entire life with older siblings who know magic and everything. I can't believe how low his skill set is. Not prepared he is. Yes. You know what, though? I bet the Weasley family is very strict about doing magic in the household. And I also feel like by the time they get to Ron, they're just kind of like... They're not talking about what standard easy spells are. They're not like, oh, we'll get you prepared for Hogwarts by teaching you all of these like simple basic spells, which probably like Draco got to do. They're like, whatever. It's I think it's like that's our forty sixth child. You know? <laughs> like you're number six. We've done this a million times. I think it's the hand me down thing. I actually don't think it is as strict because I even think of like all of the things that we see in the burrow once we meet the burrow, and then I think of the twins and everything. But I think you're right. That and it also comes the, down to Ron. Yeah, he doesn't have the ambition. Yeah. Ron is not ambitious. Yeah. And you know what? Like, whatever, Ron. Love you. But anyway, I, I think do, that's really what it is. Yeah. I think also, I, I said this in the last episode too, but he is so much more sassy and gives so much more backtalk and everything in, in this that it's... He is more preoccupied with being a teenage boy than his studies, 100%. Oh, yeah. It's, that's probably a good equivalent. He's grown up around this stuff all the time. This is just normal school. It's not as shiny and exciting as it is to Hermione and Harry, perhaps. Right. Um, well, who didn't grow up with this. Yes. And know. to your point, you know, 
Malfoy being an only child, only child yeah. like he probably did have a different approach to this. So while Ron is a big dunderhead, he is no match for Seamus. And I know we're not Seamus. in the movie uh, comparison yet, but I have to talk about it because I even mentioned it when we watched the the clip. He isn't even saying Wingardium Leviosa. It, like. Hermione's being praised, and he's instantly just going back into doing it in the most haphazard way possible. It's you know, like, oh Seamus my God. is just building his reputation, I suppose. As being an explosive personality. Well, at the end of that class is when Ron just fucking sucks, and he, talking about Hermione, says... Ron was in a very bad mood by the end of the class. It's no wonder no one can stand her, he said to Harry as they pushed their way into the crowded corridor. She's a nightmare, honestly. Someone knocked into Harry and they, as they hurried past him. It was Hermione. Harry caught a glimpse of her face and was startled to see that she was in tears. I think she heard you. So, said Ron, she must have noticed she's got no friends. Fucking rude. Yes. Ugh. I was going to ask you, because I can see this situation being a little bit of both of their faults. And I know what my answer is, but hmm. whose fault is this? What, this experience between Ron and Hermione? Yeah. Ron. It's 100% Ron. It's 100% Ron. Hermione, I believe I mentioned it earlier, Hermione is trying to be helpful, but she's not doing it in the best way. Sure, I She get doesn't it. know how to be. But Ron, like, blows it out of fucking proportion. And, like, I'm sorry, but if you don't to, to what we just talked about like if you don't care as much then don't care as much i guess about the way that hermione is saying this to you yeah i guess he's like he's just do your diligence he really this is a this is a really rough moment for ron i just think that he to not like shit all over him again he's number six in a giant family of kids and he's 11 and this is a very common way of children behaving you know, I mean, we, we do it. We just, like, you know, someone always is really like, oh, my God, this, they fucking do this, and I hate this, whatever. Like, so I get it. I read that, and I'm mad at Ron, but also I'm like, that's the thing I've done, especially as kids. But he also very much just, like, pushes it too far. Because she is, like you said, she's she is trying to be helpful. She doesn't know how to do it properly. Mm-hmm. When he says that line about how she must notice she's got no friends, like, she probably does, Ron. And this is this is what she knows. This is how she knows to be. She knows she's smart. She knows she knows how to do this spell. She is probably a really good person to have help you. And that's all she knows. She yeah. is probably just trying to be like, I'm being helpful. And she's being snotty about it, but she doesn't understand. Because they're children. Two runs credit to, which, I mean, it's still his fault. And I'm not trying to, you know, oh. make this any better. But... From our point of view, this looks like an isolated incident. It's probably not an isolated incident. It's probably, you know, um, something that Hermione has been building up to. Just earlier in the chapter, saying, oh, you break the rules and you get rewarded from it. That probably was another thing. So he's angry. And when you get to this point where you are a little bit more volatile and could say something that is more hurtful, best way to get over it is to stop what you're doing, like, stop writing that email, close the tab, go back to it, yeah. and then maybe you'll see, oh, you know what, I need to rewrite this. Or this isn't even worth writing, I'm blowing things out of proportion. So it would have been even a better way for him to maybe manage his anger. But like you said, he's an 11-year-old. He's right. a kid. I'm not forgiving him. I'm just saying that this is just, to manage his anger. this is just how it is. And sometimes we're just, we're not the best versions of ourselves. Sure. So cool. now we can go to the Halloween feast. Okay. So and I was so excited about that. Which back I can't to this. blame you. Can't no, blame you. That was a, no, it's a good conversation to talk about because the dynamic between them is important because of the future. Ooh, future. <laughs> I'm trying to like not spoil things, but keep things, you know, open. I have to really quickly say this. And I'm going to call out my trainer at my gym. Hi, Mark. He listens to this podcast. Hi, Mark. And we have even said, like, in the first episode, like, what if some idiot is, like, listening to this as their first foray into Harry Potter, and this is his first foray into Harry Potter? Like, he doesn't really know the I'm books I'm so sorry. So, yeah. 
I remember talking to him about that earlier this week and being like, I should mention something about that. We do have some newcomers to this podcast who are like, hmm, I haven't read Harry Potter, but maybe this will teach me something. Anyways, so um, back to the Halloween feast. So yeah, well, there's Quirrell a troll runs in, in the dungeon. There's a troll in the dungeon. Thought you watched no. And it's not Quirrell's hemorrhoids. There really is a troll in the dungeon. <laughs> So, so yeah, so that's when Devil is like, fuck everybody, not fuck everybody. <laughs> no, Shut fucking, the fuck up! Fucking stop! <laughs> now everybody, please see your brave prefect, they will take you back to your hall and all of that. And then this is where we see Harry in the other great moment on top of the, um, what he did in the last chapter with sticking up for Neville. And he's like, oh my gosh, Hermione is in the bathroom. She doesn't know about the troll. We need to go tell her. I think that's how it starts. It's not even that we need to go rescue her. It's just like, we need she to... She doesn't know about the troll, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, they see the troll. Go into where Hermione is. Oh, but they don't know it's the girl's bathroom. They lock it in this room. <gasps> that's right. That's a difference. Thank you yeah, for bringing so that up. Mm-hmm. It says... <laughs> Which, naturally, they wouldn't know it's the girl's restroom because... That's not where they go, you know? So they see the troll, and it's stopped next to the doorway and peered inside, um, and then slashed slowly into the room. The keys in the lock, Harry muttered, we could lock it in. Good idea, said Ron nervously. So they lock it in, they're like, yeah, we're awesome. And they start to run back down the hall, and then they hear a scream, and they're like, oh, shit, that's the troll's back. <laughs> we did not help that situation. But this is not them being stupid, truly. They didn't, like you said, they didn't know. There's no reason for them to know it's the women's restroom. But it's almost like a good mistake because they're like, oh, this is where she is, you yeah. know? So then they go in and they... Get up the, the troll. This is one of my favorite lines about this whole part. Harry then did something that was both very brave and very stupid. Yeah. He took a great running leap and managed to fasten his arms around the troll's neck from behind. The troll couldn't feel Harry hanging there, but even a troll will notice if you stick a long bit of wood up its nose. And Harry's wand had still been in his hand when he jumped. It had gone straight up one of the troll's nostrils. This is one of those moments, <laughs> and it's something else that I mentioned earlier when we were watching the movie, when something like that, when there's a painful thing that happens in a book or a movie or some sort of media, do you ever, like, imagine that happening to you? And, like, you can imagine what that would feel like? I don't, I, I really try not to experience things like that in that way. For some reason, I naturally have that reaction. And that's a lot of reasons why I don't, um, I can't watch certain horror movies, like the, like, slasher movies. Like I don't watch horror movies. Saw and all of that stuff. I don't watch movies. <laughs> I don't watch any movies. Because there's almost a physical reaction to it. I'm actually afraid of blood, too, but things like this, like a piece of wood being jammed up your nose sounds incredibly I'm painful. sure it's incredibly Even painful. if you are a mountain troll. It's the same thing of, like, watching some other guy get, like, kicked in the balls. It incites a physical reaction out of me because I know what that feels like, for example. So, not to say poor troll or anything, but hey, it was effective. And then Ron thinks of the first spell that comes to mind, and of course, it's Wingardium Leviosa. Because he is obsessed with Hermione. (laughs) Wow. That escalated quickly. No. But no, no, like, I mean, that's where his mind has been. That's literally all you said in the chapter. The only thing that's happened in this chapter is him bitch about Hermione. But at the same time, it's like, oh, see, that conversation that happened earlier benefited you now. And it actually benefited Hermione, too, because it saves Hermione. It saves all of them. Yeah. So how do you not? I mean, like, literally, somehow Ron is the ultimate hero of this scene, which is hilarious. Yep. That's very true. So much happens in this chapter for it being relatively short. Because we have, of course, all the Quidditch stuff that happened, then that lesson, and everyone goes completely full circle. They have this little fight that is very dramatic and kind of blown out of proportion, and then, of course, the very thing that they were fighting about is what mends them. Which is, which is lovely. Yes. You know. It's very, very nice. Because, of course, then, when McGonagall and, Quirrell and Snape. Snape and Quirrell come into the picture, Hermione redeems herself. And she says, you know, I thought I would be able to go and take on the troll. I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hermione needed to lie. 
I actually think the story is better. Obviously, like, they're kids, and I under I actually understand the whole purpose of it. I think the story is better if Harry and Ron are like, we noticed Hermione wasn't at dinner, because they did, and we went to find her and make sure that she knew about the troll. Like, that is actually a better story. It's a better far, story, 100%. But I think that as a kid, like, she's just like... I need to these, these two just saved me. It's a better story for the kids to the professors, of course. Yeah. However, it's important for her to lie to show that redemption arc, I think. It's also something where it's almost more accurate, I think, for Hermione to lie over the boys telling the truth. I don't think Harry and Ron would ever just flat out say, oh, this is what happened. I don't think they're that quick. And Hermione is quicker than them. So, yeah, I think that it's a better story and that she didn't need to lie, but I think it is more accurate and more true to life for her to lie than them to tell the truth. For the teachers, for the purpose of the teachers, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is the whole point of it, because otherwise we know the truth that these two boys were like, oh, no, we have to go make sure she knows. And that's obviously the point. So I really do like that. Yeah. I just was thinking, I'm like... I don't think they they would have gotten actually in less trouble had Harry and Ron just been like, this is what happened. But you're right, they wouldn't have... They're both clearly very nervous. Literally a chapter ago, Harry thought he was getting expelled for doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, not 100% the right thing, but doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, more the right thing than the wrong thing. Exactly. So... And Ron is Ron. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think that they would have just been like, yeah, this is the truth. Obviously, they wouldn't have lied. It wouldn't have just come yeah. out. They would have stuttered and they would have looked guilty and no one would have believed yeah. them anyway. Well, and then what they probably would have said is like, okay, well, what you should have done is gone to your prefect and the prefect would have gone and yeah. let us know so that we could have found yeah. the money. Now, in the same respect, perhaps that wouldn't be quick enough because in their hunt for Hermione, they found the troll first and find that the troll found Hermione first. So, right. so of course, this was probably the the best scenario and better than them going to, to Hermione. And then Hermione would be hanging out with Morning Myrtle forever, which who wants that? So, yeah, I think that the way that it turned out is all for the best, but it's interesting to think of those other scenarios and how it could have been different. Something else that I was left with at the very end here is thinking about the whole reason for the troll. And I think when you tie it back to, okay, who put the troll in the dungeon? Of course, we all know. I'm not going to say who it is, though, for once. But that person put this in in here for a potential distraction so that they could go find um, Dumbledore's marbles. Yes. Right? Very important. My thought is, why even do that in the first place? Nobody was looking for that person to be up in that corridor going under the trapdoor, under Fluffy and all of that nonsense. I feel like the troll was completely irrelevant. They might have had a better chance if there was no troll at all. But I think that the troll is more of a mechanism for the story of these three. I think it, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, it's explained later how that was actually intended to work. But I also agree with the fact that couldn't it have worked otherwise? I think that there are smarter ways that it could have been done. What it is, it's that person and not Voldemort, ultimately, who makes that decision. Oh, it's absolutely that person. Yeah. Which is... Again, that's explained in which the Which is strange. Too. Of course. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, I'm just going to say it because there's no way to say this without saying who it is. So, spoiler alert, but Quirrell's the defensive against dark arts teacher. Mm-hmm. You would think that he would have some sense of logic behind this. I mean, I he has know. an act he's keeping up. You know, he has to come across as this weaker person, as this person who has all of these fears. And he says in the final scenes that he is very gifted with trolls. There, I think, is a method to that. I just don't think it was needed in the first place. Because he runs in and announces the troll. Instead of planting the troll and running in, why not just go up to the room? Like, who's going to stop him? Filch? And if he really wants the stone, then he can take care of Filch, you know? And already we've talked about countless things that are not ground in logic. I mean, the thing about Madame Hooch from the last chapter and her inability to use magic to save Neville mm-hmm. or, and any of that, the, the poor teaching decisions that she makes aren't grounded in logic so this was another part where i'm like "Mm, this really could have been done a lot smarter but i think that 
when we look at it as a text and the plot that needs to happen for the trio, it's very necessary. And it's interesting to think how something like this would have happened without Mm -hmm. the troll or something similar. So I read this chapter twice before this, um, and the second time I actually listened to it on audiobook. Oh, yeah. Um, the audiobooks are amazing. And this. I have the Jim Dale audiobooks. I know that everyone seems to prefer the Stephen Fry. I've never heard them. I would love to hear them as well. I prefer the, the Jim Dale ones, too. So, but I, I have Jim Dale, so yeah. that's what I have. And I had tears in my eyes reading, the, like, listening to the last part of this chapter. Just, like, the thing about Hermione being their friend, like, it's just, like, the completion mm-hmm. of the trio, and it just made me so happy. Yeah. And I was like, I'm literally on the verge of tears in my car. The way that it says it is really, like, it's telling so the story. Sweet. It isn't, like... A, a part of it. it's it's very much like how the book opens where the deuces lived at this address and they were very fine with not being around other bitches thank you very much right. i mean Can in I, so many words do you want me to read it yeah because it's 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 a departure and it's looking in it as a story so go ahead so i'm gonna read the last two paragraphs of the chapter the common room was packed and noisy everyone was eating the food that had been sent up hermione however stood alone by the door waiting for them There was a very embarrassed pause, then none of them looking at each other. They all said thanks and hurried off to get plates. But from that moment on, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other, and knocking at a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. Yeah. It's very cute. I just love it. In every single chapter, there's a lesson, and that one, like, gives it to you at the end, I think. (laughs) I don't know, there's every chapter. I don't want to have to think about that. <laughs> this we one, actually yes. say something like I that. Know, like, someone's going to go back before. and try to see if we... Yes, and I'm going to continue to deny that there's one in every... That way no one can say that we're doing this wrong. Well, I I think <laughs> even if we don't say it, I think there is. There's a lot of lessons well, in this you know, book. Y'all can read the books yourself. And, 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 mul- find your and, multi- and some, some, I think there's multiple, truly. <laughs> if you're reading deeply into it, like we are, I think that there are lessons to, to be found. And something I said earlier about taking a calculated risk sometimes can pay off. But this in this instance, they actually give it to you, which is a wonderful way to like put that stamp down. And like, now they're friends. There are a couple little things at the end that I do want to, to point out before we go to the movie comparison. And they're pretty small. The first is, in the book, they're like, we should have gotten more points for that. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh my god. Like, can't you just be grateful for what you've been given? <laughs> like, we only got five points because she got some taken away. But like, okay, but you're not fucking dead. So. Right. And like, be proud of like what you did, I guess, as well. Sure, whatever. They're kids. And then literally the only thing that they say to each other is like, thanks. And I can kind of see that, too, being, like, in that 11-year-old way of kind of, like, scraping your foot on the floor and being like, okay, I know that I did something wrong, and mm-hmm. someone else righted it. And I don't know, I like that approach, rather than it being something bigger and more adult. Cause well, because that's not who they are. No. It's just their... It makes sense. It, it's very sweet. I love yeah. the end of that chapter. And I also want to be like, hell yeah for the house elves for bringing all the food up to their right? house elves. Like, okay, fine. They don't want to make this food go to waste. And a great transition into the movie. Is that the food? I have even said this earlier in this chapter. I love magic food. The food in... The movie looks fucking amazing. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it's very Halloweeny and candy-ish, and I love it. This chapter, like literally, because last chapter we had so many critiques about things that were changed to to fit into the movie. This chapter is literally almost word for word yeah. in the movie, and it's awesome. I do love that. Yeah. The entire scene with the troll is legitimately the chapter. Yep. I would have liked to see. Malfoy get roasted. Oh, be like, that would have been great. He is allowed to have a broomy little asshole. Right. Like. Um, also, just a little thing, um, when when McGonagall takes Harry, um, I know that we didn't talk about this in the last one, but I was just thinking about that because we like they kind of overlap differently in the movie and book. McGonagall takes Harry to meet... Oliver Wood. I know that, I know that, again, this is kind of the last chapter I want to make this point. Oliver is in Quarles class. He's totally in Oh, yes. Class. He is in Flitwick's class. That's another Why? difference. Why are we not? 
the, the reason why I want to bring this up now is I think the reason they, they, that they did that is so we see Quirrell more. Because yeah. you don't see him enough. There's too much that has to be established in the whole of the movie for mm. you to like even care that it's Quirrell at the end. Yeah. But showing just literally just that little moment where you're like, oh, here's Quirrell being a scaredy cat holding an iguana. Like, <laughs> that, was a, that was a choice. I think that's really smart. Yeah. So. That's like, a good and I know point. that was technically from like the last chapter, but I think it's more relevant to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think the portrayal of Flitwick throughout the films is something interesting too. This is the first time we see Flitwick in the films, mm-hmm. and then he looks different, um, which I think is strange. I actually, Do you know why? Pref- I don't know because it's the same actor. Isn't yeah, it? it's the completely same actor. I, f- I actually prefer the look he has from the. I think it's the third movie where they change it. I agree. I prefer that look. I I don't like the idea of Flitwick being like this anciently old guy. I yeah. think Flitwick is young and hip. I don't think he's necessarily <laughs> young, but I think Flitwick is fucking cool. I am a huge Flitwick I, fan. I love Flitwick. Yeah, even looking at kind of the makeup and everything, I imagine that it may have been something like it's perhaps even easier having him yeah. this and, way. And it's I, a little bit more charming, too. It's a little bit more down-to-earth and real, perhaps, than him being this little, like you said, ancient... They just make him look so ancient. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know why, but the way that he's portrayed in this scene makes me feel like he lives on a cloud and that he floats around <laughs> on a cloud. <laughs> like, that's where my brain goes. He's great. That whole scene is just so cool. You were mentioned earlier... Seamus and his Wingard Leviosa or whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, it's, it's actually very similar. I remember the first time I saw the movie thinking, like, he doesn't set things on fire. He sure fucking does. Oh, yeah. He, like, pokes it, this wand, and that sets it on fire. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So this running joke of Seamus is actually not from the movie. It is from the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do love the additional little scene of him trying to turn the water into rum you know, at, yep. the, at the table or whatever. Like, that's a joke. But I really think that they do a nice job again. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Everything that needs to happen from this chapter happens in the movie. Yeah. Very, very well. Fucking troll scene. <laughs> it's literally, like, right out of the page. They were just like, okay, well, for this, we're just going to do the page. Like, they well, probably didn't even have scripts. They were just like, nice just do this. Because the last chapter definitely took a little bit of a different turn. Well, it's going to take more turns in the future. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? That's fine. Again, I I really like looking at it from the perspective of knowing that we have to tell a story in a different medium. Yep. And again, this this book does a nice job. Yeah. That's my personal feeling. Two other things that I want to say, too, because now that I'm looking at my notes, before we get into points and win or loser... Harry, for the first time, is finding Hogwarts to be his home. Mm -hmm. I said it in my outline, but I really want to make that point because, of course, Hogwarts will always welcome you back, all of that nice stuff. Like, Harry's finally finding his foothold here. So that was something that happened in this chapter. And my last thing (laughs) is during the chaos of of the troll thing where they're going back to their common rooms, there was a line about confused Hufflepuffs. And I just wanted to acknowledge that because I thought it was cute. Aw, confused Hufflepuffs. We are not a threat. Please be our friend. Oh my god. Anyways. Okay, so finally wrapping this up. Who do you have for the winner and loser? You go first. I gave 20 points to McGonagall again. And purely for the instance where she gave him the broom. Like, mm-hmm. that's so amazing. Like, HBIC, I love it. I love McGonagall. That's that's no surprise. 15 to Hermione because of her redemption. I'm also going to give... I give a lot of points <laughs> this chapter. 10 to Oliver Wood because we all love Oliver Wood, even though he's isn't as burly as the book says. And 10 to Flitwick because um, he gets to punch Malfoy in the balls and we love Flitwick. And 10 to Harry because same as last time, he's flying, he's learning this new thing that he really loves and he feels like Hogwarts is his home. And then I'm taking five points away from Ron for being a D-bag and I'm taking 20 away from Dolores Jane Umbridge for trying to attack Hermione. (laughs) She's just the worst. We're just going to talk about how she's the worst from, from day one. So I had a really hard time deciding what I was going to do with Ron because I wanted Ron to win the chapter and lose the chapter (laughs) because I wanted him to win because ultimately he is the catalyst for ending the troll drama. He is the one that 
knocks the troll out. Um, but he's also such a fucking asshole. So he is right in the middle. He doesn't win or lose. <laughs> so um, Harry gets the win again. I Again, I didn't want to necessarily not give him the win, but I'm giving Harry the win um, basically for the same reason you were giving him points. He is aware of Hermione in that moment, and they rush to take care of her and help her. And again, he isn't brilliant, he isn't super smart, but he is the reason why they went to go find Hermione. So because I'm not giving Ron the loss, I'm giving Malfoy the loss again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the end. You didn't even give the troll the loss? No, because he's just a troll doing his troll business. <laughs> he is like destroying those stalls. I wonder how often that happens where they're like, oh, here's another There's situation. Now, not necessarily the troll, but just, up oh, another girl's bathroom got damaged in some incident involving a monster. Well, then they just repair and it's fine. Oh, man. If only magic could be in my life, I would repair everything. <laughs> well, everything? Uh, yes. <laughs> repair my life. Repair this nation. <laughs> repair my broken heart. <laughs> I think that's the best spell. Oh All right, guys. Gosh. It is time for us to say goodnight. It's which late I'm again. I'm sure you guys are fine with. And <laughs> <laughs> my kittens. <laughs> Bye, kittens. Oh, next time we're going to be reading chapter 11. I don't know what it's called as usual. Through it the is chapter called Quidditch. No, not through the chapter. It's called Quidditch. We got Quidditch three chapters in a row. So much Quidditch. Yes. Chapter 11. Quidditch. Cool. So we'll see you then. So we're going to quit itch right now. Peace out, kittens. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye from Jacket Potato and Adam. Basic Snitch is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery and edited by Adam Bowers. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed us. In the future, we hope to have more ways for our listening audience to connect with us and perhaps inspire other segments or elements of the show. We're very new to this and we appreciate your support and input. If you would like to get in contact with us, for now, please follow us on Instagram at basicsnitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll catch you soon. Get it? Catch you? Like catching a snitch?